Hey everybody, it's your favorite reconstructionist, Eric Brown and Phil Relly, and welcome to episode number 39 of the one and only show bringing you tips and tricks to working vehicle collision cases from the best experts in the industry every Wednesday. Today's topic is, it's working. So hold on tight, here we go. Before I finish this intro, another life will be lost to a vehicle crash, and the $500 billion economic impact of vehicle crashes will only keep growing. Are you an attorney, expert witness, police officer, or insurance adjuster in charge of negotiating, investigating, or litigating vehicle collision cases? If so, then you're in the right place. The Expert Angle podcast was created for you because we believe that the industry must evolve, grow, and get better daily. And the only way to do that is by building the best team of experts possible to ensure that these crashes are handled efficiently, accurately, and honestly in order to get justice for the victims. We're Eric Brown and Phil Relly, and this is The Expert Angle. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This episode of the Expert Angle podcast is brought to you by Virtual Crash Accident Reconstruction Software. If you are tired of having to purchase, upkeep, and run multiple programs during an investigation, Virtual Crash is the cure. With Virtual Crash, you can build 3D environments using your actual scene data. You can simulate, animate, and create awesome visuals. You can also use the new momentum analysis tool for vehicle motion. Basically, Virtual Crash is the complete accident reconstruction software solution. Solution. Visit vcrashusa.com today to download your free trial or schedule a live one-on-one demonstration. So, Phil, it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> oh, won't you be my? Won't you be my? Won't you be my neighbor? No. Now we can't post this to uh, YouTube. They're gonna they're gonna want royalties for the song. I bet. Yeah. So, and actually I am lying. It is not a beautiful day in the neighborhood. My friend, if this rain does not stop, I seriously am going to lose my mind. Yeah, it's raining down here again. Yeah. So listen, you know, the, the reason this is, is, is such a, a hot topic for me, for anybody tuning in this past week was really exciting. So we launched our, our first little mobile office unit and, uh, it was a smashing success. Took it on a, a national tour, uh, 4,000 miles in five days. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're, <laughs> oh man, it was, it was fun. It was fun. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, wish but, you, I wish you would have recorded it because I'm, I am so confident that the conversations with yourself in that vehicle would have been hilarious. For the Oh audience. my God. I, I got to know myself better over the last five days uh, than any other point in my life. Uh, there were many conversations to be had. Um, a lot of them would have had to been beeped out. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, a lot of them would have had to been beeped out, especially with traffic traffic this weekend was insane. I, I I've never seen anything like it. I don't, uh, I don't get it. There were like pockets of 40, 50 cars driving and uh, you would get stuck in them and it was like bumper to bumper. And then you'd like manage to get out of them. And then another pocket of 40 to 50 cars would show up and you just get stuck in the middle. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so the reason though, that this weather is, is so irritating is we're handling cases all along the Gulf. So I, you know, I hit uh, Tampa, Florida, um, and, and then traveled along Alabama, Mississippi through Louisiana, Baton Rouge, all that stuff into Houston, Texas, handled some cases there, went back across Louisiana, up through Mississippi, upper part of Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, back up into Ohio. But from when I went South and I got to Georgia, it started raining because hurricane, uh, Elsa was coming in and, uh, and I literally didn't see the sun 
until this morning there was it was a brief little break but now it's already raining again <laughs> so i have been in the rain non-stop since last monday so almost coming up on a week now uh so seriously Everybody in California has been complaining about the droughts and everything. We have found all of your rain. Please come and take it back. Yeah. Please come have some. Uh, I'm over it. I'm over it. Yes. So anyway. All right. So the, the reason I wanted to jump on today and do this show is because it's working, Phil. It's working. What's working? Aha, everything, everything is working. It's just going well. It's going well. No. So uh, everything that we have talked about on this podcast and have shared with you guys, we are starting to get feedback from attorneys and they're telling us that by employing the things that we talk about on this show, that they are seeing better verdicts coming back uh, on all sides. Uh, I've got I've heard from defense attorneys saying that they're settling things either out of court for a lot less or getting cases dismissed that that shouldn't have been filed in the first place. Um, and I have heard from the PI attorneys saying that they're getting better pre uh, pre suit settlements, um, you know, so that without even having to go to, to trial. Um, and so far, the best one that we have gotten back on was a 600 percent increase on the initial offer. A wow. six hundred percent increase that's crazy um and the attorney was just super excited and so they reached out to me and uh you know told me the story uh, you know of, of what the pre-suit offer was and everything and then what they ended up settling for um and it was incredible and they said it was it was because they followed some of the simple principles we have here so this is what i, I want you to kind of consider while we're talking through this today so let's say you're going to build a house we're going to shift gears away from cars and we're going to go to homes you build a house. Right I built a house. My experience, I think, was pretty good. Was yours not good? Uh, <laughs> uh, you have better property than me, though. If I could put my house on your property, I think we'd be in business. Yeah, we have a combination. So anyway, um, but, you know, so let's let's talk about when you build a house. Let's just consider this. OK, you go to the bank, you get pre-approved for your loan. You go to the architect, get the blueprints drawn up, big, beautiful, whatever, make it whatever changes you want to make. So you get all this stuff done. Then who do you go see? Once all the groundwork's laid, plans are in place. We know we got the financing. Who are we going to see next, Phil? Gonna go see, probably going to go locate a general contractor. Oh, shit. All right. Oh, dang. Look, now we're going to have to we're going to have to bleep this one out. Anyway, yes, you're going to have to go see a general contractor now. Again, this is this is kind of where I want you to start thinking about this and, and consider this. Your general contractor could a general contractor build a house by himself? There's probably some out there that could. Yeah, yeah, there are some that could. Right? They have they have great knowledge um, of all of the steps that need to be taken, the process of building the house, right? And and they generally have worked in many different fields. That's why they're a general contractor. So they they know you know, how to do the quality control. They know what to look at. They, they know all of those things. You right? would hope. You would hope. <laughs> I guess that's why uh, house building experiences vary sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, a hundred percent, you're hundred percent right. Now, if you would look at the, the actual house now, would you use, let's say a roofer to install the flooring in your kitchen? Absolutely not. 
Or how about the concrete guys pouring the driveway? Would you have them come in and finish your drywall? <laughs> no. Now there are some that could possibly do better than some drywall finishers I've seen. Sure. Sure. <laughs> You know, I mean, in all fairness, my 10 year old could probably do better than some of the uh, drywall finishing jobs I've seen in my life. Uh, but that's a story for another time and place. Um, but, yeah, each one has their specialty. And again, the, the general contractor, well, he could do some of them could do that work. Right. Um, and they know how to quality control it. They know the process. They know the order in which things need to get done. But the general contractor is, is the kind of the general guy that oversees everything. Right. Should be. Yeah. And and so we've laid out this framework, I think, doing this show now of this concept of stop trying to be the jack of all trades. Yep. Right. It, and uh, do we were guilty of this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. We were when I when I started this company, think about all the different avenues that we went down. Right. And just so that you guys don't think I'm, I'm picking on any one certain group or anything. Uh, I will tell you some of our past experiences that we decided didn't work. And, and that's what caused this my this this mindset shift for us. Um, what are some of our uh, exploits? So let's see. Uh, we, we went to get into uh, fire investigations for, yep. for a brief time. Of cause and origin. I wish I, had, I wish I had audio of somebody shooting clay pigeons. So as you launch this out, I can hit the button and get the sound effect in the background. <laughs> I can add that in. You want me to add in sound effects to this show? <laughs> yeah, Coming at right. you. When you guys listen to this show, you're going to hear some shotgun blasts uh, going off here. <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah. So, so we got into the idea. We're like, you know what? Uh, because obviously, you know, uh, half of our, our clients are on the defense side of things. <laughs> And so we're like, oh, well, let's offer fire investigations. Brought in an arson investigator, uh, eminently qualified. He was very good at what he did. Um, you know, and so we, we did that for a little bit, worked a couple cases, and, uh, and then ultimately decided we're going to shut that side of the company down. Um, then what else did we get into? Uh, got into product sales. Yeah. Selling equipment to law enforcement agencies. And while we did make some sales, um, you know, and that was going, it just, I, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like every different path that we went down took our focus away yeah. from our core competency of crash reconstruction. Right. Yep. Well, that was, you know, I think we've talked about this before. Um, this was the Eric brain spinning out like the yeah. you know crash tech crash tech be or uh, crash tech being the center hub of an axle on a on a bicycle mm -hmm. and then your ideas are all the spokes and, <laughs> <laughs> and just wait till and i start I'm, my pizza and hot dog stands <laughs> yeah and then i was on the outside i was the rim that beaded the tire and uh it, it, we did i mean and, and i don't find i don't want to say there's any fault in that because you know the creative mind that you have and, and trying these different things and looking at different options and, and going down these different paths. But in doing so, you're exactly 100% right. That's exactly what happened. It, it, it pulled our focus away from our, our core competency. Moment, even though momentarily at times, it's still a distraction, a diversion. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and the net result was not what we wanted it to be. And, and you trash that idea and you move on. But yeah. It, yeah, you know, so for we're going to talk about here we go. We're going to be polarizing here for a minute. We're going to talk about some some topics. 
All right. On this subject real quick, because there's a lot of experts listening to this and there's a lot of attorneys listening to this and, and the experts do the same thing, right? They're going a hundred different directions. We see them all the time. Uh, you know, now I'm not talking about because like we still do training and I think training and, and doing go hand in hand. Absolutely. So, so I'm totally fine with that. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm talking about companies that are trying to be the one-stop shop for everything, right. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. And, and there's attorneys that do the same thing, right? I mean, there's some attorneys and, and you know, that are like, well, I'm going to do criminal defense. I'm going to do uh, estate planning. I'm going to do personal injury. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Right. And they, they try and be the jack of all trades and, and not the master of one. Right. Right. And, and that's okay. If, if that's the business model that you guys want to follow as the attorneys, as the experts, what that is hundred percent, your prerogative, hundred percent, do whatever you want, whatever makes you happy. But I found a book that illuminated my mind. All right. And it's called rocket fuel available on Amazon. Buy it. If you are going into business for yourself as an attorney or, uh, as, as a, a uh, expert, Okay. Buy this book, Rocket Fuel. Or if you're a partner in a law firm, it may help you. If you are frustrated with your partner at your law firm, firm, boom, your law firm, <laughs> so at your law firm, this book will help. I promise you it will because it gives, it breaks down two mindsets, the visionary and the integrator. Right. And when we, when we read this book, Phil texted me and he's like, cause I tell him like, dude, you got to read this book. And he's like, I literally think they wrote the first half of the book about you. <laughs> when, when they're describing the visionary. Right. And, and so there, there's two kind of two different personality types, a visionary who will never be successful without an integrator and an integrator who could be successful without a visionary, but never to the scale of the duos when they find both. Right. Right. And so here's kind of a quick definition. And we're a little off topic here, but that's okay. This all plays back into why we do what we're doing and why we're preaching what we're preaching in this show. I promise you, this has a point, okay? But your visionary is the guy who has, he's, he's the idea guy. He's the yes man. And generally, if you, again, if you have a partner in this crazy world, okay? The visionary is the person that gives you whiplash. That's like, let's go this way. No, let's go this way. Let's go this way and this way. And then let's do this. And then I think we should go this way and we should do this and we should do this. And that. right. It's almost like they have ADD. On steroids. Hold your comment. <laughs> right. But the problem is, is they lack the follow through. Right. They're the idea guy. They have the ideas, but they lack the follow through. Walt Disney is the perfect example of this. Right. Walt Disney was the visionary of Disney. But in his book, he even talks about, so his brother was the behind the scene guy and he was the integrator. And Walt talks about it when he was having the ideas for Disney world and all this stuff, he didn't even know how much money Disney had in the bank accounts. He's like, I had never seen our checkbook. I didn't know how to even write a check. I had no clue, but I had this vision of what I wanted to do. And his brother's the one that made it. Okay. Well, we need real estate developers. We need, you know, engineers. Right. We need this. We need this. We need this. Right. That's the integrator, you know? And so it's described as the, you know, the, the visionary is the yes guy. The integrator is the no guy because the integrator is the, the realist, the guy that's, that's grounded in reality and can execute on the visions. Right. And you are 100% my integrator. You're my no guy. <laughs> I'm the, uh, you know, and I guess for, uh, 
from my, I've always looked at when I read rocket fuel, when I thought about you and I, the working together and, and you, I'm, I still stand behind it. I think that book was it's spot on. It's spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I just kind of developed the, the analogy in my mind of, you know, the visionary is the balloon and the integrator is the string. You know, yeah, that's dude. That's a that's a that's a perfect analogy. Yeah, you know, but as long it, as that string is affixed to something or in, you know somehow tied down to to, to Earth, the yeah. balloon will will only go so high. Yeah, you know, and, it's, and it's controlled. But the moment that string is let go, yep. there it goes. Takes yeah, off. I I agree, and and it helped solve I think the frustration yeah. that you and I had sometimes because I was frustrated yeah. that you weren't seeing my visions. And you were frustrated that I'm all over the map. <laughs> and I'm like, let's do this. Yeah. Let's do this. We, there were some really good conversations. We probably should have started doing podcasts years ago and, and brought some of those conversations on. We could yeah. have just podcast. We could have like every other podcast was just you and me arguing. <laughs> right. Yeah. hundred percent. And so, so this book brought some clarity. And, and so I think that's what helped us start to dial in on, okay, you know what? Crash reconstruction is our core competency. So we need to cut out all the distractions, all the crap that's taking our mind in, in a million different directions, right? And focus on, on being the best and at just dominating this space of crash reconstruction. And I think every business to some degree falls into this pitfall. Um, and it's the leader or the visionary sees another business making money on an ideology that they feel they, uh, oh, I love that concept. So I can take my little bit of information or my little bit of thought, twist it, and I can make this company more money mm-hmm. you know, off, of, off of their platform. Yeah. And, and it happens, it's such a repetitive cycle of your, because you're constantly seeing what everybody else is doing, you know, and as a business owner and, 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 um, and, you know, main uh, individual that, that that's driving the growth you're always looking for that next opportunity to build your business and build it better so you're always watching what everybody else is doing regardless of what field it is you know you may take some some concept that uh, a parts store is using and it's working and and try to and, and put it in into this mix but that's where it goes wrong yeah um, maybe not all the time because some ideas absolutely work hundred percent, but the moment you start splitting your hundred percent down and cutting that pie up, the smaller pieces of the pie get. Yeah. hundred percent. And you know, it, and it's funny because I actually got one of my uh, mentors pointed this out to me. And when we were looking at it, I'm like, Oh man, look at what my competitor's doing. Right. Because I was super big on this, watching what my competition's doing, all this other stuff. Right. And I'm like, oh, I could do that. And we could do this and this, that, you know. And he goes, let me ask you a question. Do you want to be them? And I was like, well, no. And he's like, then why are you doing anything that they're doing? Why do you care? Right. You know, because if you replicate what they do, you're only ever going to be them. Right. And so is that the level of success you want? Is that the direction you want your company to go? Is that what you want your company to be? Well, no. Well, then don't do what they're doing. Do you, right? Do you, you know? And so that's why a lot of people, and I wish TJ was on the show this morning, um, but yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about our conversation, me and him just talk. And he got asked the same question that I get asked all the time. Right. And people are like, why do you share all your knowledge? 
Why do me and you put all of our stuff out here on this podcast? Why does TJ go around the world and teach people how to become tire experts when he's a tire expert, right? And the secret is, I'm going to tell you the secret. It's because we're teaching people not to become us. We're teaching people to realize when they need us. Okay. Right. Because there's a lot more that goes into it, even though we're sharing our knowledge and ideas and stuff like that you're not seeing everything that has gone on behind the scenes to get to where we're at. And that's the secret sauce. Right. You know what I mean? And so case in point, and we're coming full circle now. Okay. Of as a reconstructionist, we're the general contractors, right? Stop trying to be everything to everyone. So we picked up a case and it involved a tire failure. Now, Phil, do we get training in tires and recon? You do. We do. Yeah, we do. You know, and, and, up, and, and up until our podcast with TJ last year, would we have been like, oh, yeah, we could handle this case? 100%. I think we would have. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think we would have. And, and while we would have presented a convincing argument and it would have been founded in science and fact, by now knowing what other experts are out there in their field of expertise, we made our case a million times stronger by saying to the attorney, hey, we need to bring on a tire expert to supplement our case. I th- this is just my thought. And my thoughts usually are pretty dangerous. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I'm just literally like this whole thing. Like if they, if they watch the video episode of this, you're going to see your mouth moving. It's just going to be like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I still think in, in stop hitting the table. You're making your camera shake. This goes back to, this goes back to (laughs) uh, a podcast very early on. And I think it is the fear and, and nobody's going to admit it because nobody wants to admit fear. But I think it is the fear of saying no. It's the fear of saying, man, that's really not my area of expertise. And that customer or that, that potential client going, oh, okay, well, appreciate your input. I'm going to go to, you know, I called ABC company. So I'm going to call BCD company now because I know they will say, absolutely, give me whatever you got. And they'll, you know, create this potato sandwich and, and send it to the court. A potato uh, sandwich? Yeah. Doesn't sound appealing, does it? No. Well, I don't. I mean, you can put a lot of stuff on potatoes, (laughs) but I think people get they pigeonhole themselves of we will never say no. We will never tell a client. No, we will never tell a client. No. And And we used to do that. We were we were 100 percent guilty of that. Oh, yeah. And and, and, and you we you and I have battled. I mean, we've had some woo, some really good battles Mm -hmm. on that concept. So you need to I guess businesses need to realize just like you said with the general contractor, you know what your limitations are and don't be don't because you want that business. Just say yes, because then you're stuck trying to figure it out because at the end of yeah. the day, your client is expecting results. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so another case, think about this. We have another case. That's a trucking case. Now, you and I both eminently qualified in trucks, eminently qualified because of what we have done in our law enforcement career in truck enforcement, all the training we've had, everything else. So we're, we're, we're spot on there. Crash is in a construction zone. Okay. Now being a police officer, do you have some training and knowledge and stuff like that in signage? 
Have you worked construction jobs? Sure. Yeah. So have I, right. Have you regulated the flow of traffic? Yep. Yeah. And arguably that's one of the things that that is a core principle of a police officer to regulate the flow of traffic. That, like that is in the def- the definition of a police officer. And so while we've been there in this case here, we're like, you know what? We should get a signage and construction zone expert. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so if, if you're an attorney and you're listening to this show and you're talking to your reconstructionists, you need to vet your reconstructionists and you need to ask them, tell me about your network. Yeah. Right. Because if you asked us and said, tell me about your network, our Rolodex has grown exponentially on other experts that we can reach out to when we need to bolster a case and say, you know what, this is this case's weakness. And this is what your reconstructionist should be doing, folks. This is what they should be doing. Right. Well, and it's it's every case, every case has its own nuances to it. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, and we were just as guilty early on in the game of. You know, think about your think about a a case coming into you as a book. Going back to Rocket Fuel, as a book, and and there's so many companies out there, and we were guilty at the beginning of reading the cover and getting the title and the author and a little bit of background by flipping it over, reading the backside and a little bit of bio of what the book is about, and then we would commit. Yep, got it. But yeah. the chapters inside of the book are what are so much more important. Yeah, um, because that's going to define what you need. Yep. And, and if what you need to ultimately get your client the best result for their client, then you you can't you, you've got to be able to stand aside and say, this is not me. This is not our company. We do not have that. However, yeah. I have an expert that does. Yeah. Yep. And you've got a network. You've got people have got to get out of their own way when it comes to pride and and that admission of, well, it's just not in my wheelhouse. If it's not in your wheelhouse, get the hell away from it. Yeah. And get yep. somebody who's in the wheelhouse. Yeah. And, and you know what? And there's a lot of cases. I would say 90% of the cases don't require a, an entire team of experts. Right. Absolutely. Right. You know what I mean? Because, and, and to go back to the house analogy, you know, you've got, you know, whatever you hired a general contractor to, to remodel your bathroom. And, you know, so he's switching out the cabinets and stuff like that. And then he, he just the, the fitting on the end of a pipe needs to be changed. He, he's not going to call a plumber. He's qualified to cut that fitting off, do that little bit of plumbing work, you know, and stuff like that. We're not talking about plumbing an entire house, right. you know, so he can handle that. That's 90% of your crashes. 90% of your crashes, your reconstructionist is going to be able to handle because it's two cars, three cars, car versus right. pedestrian, car versus motorcycle, whatever, right? And, and as long as that reconstructionist has some training in that area, and this goes back to training, if you've got a motorcycle case, make sure your reconstructionist has some motorcycle training. Yeah. If you have a semi case, make sure your reconstructionist has some semi training, right? right? Um, you know, but so your reconstructionist can handle those. But when you've got weird subsets of facts, something odd, something different that reconstruction is better know where to reach out to. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, and guys, I'm telling you. And, and so the, that's why I got asked the other day. Uh, actually I was, I was at an attorney convention working our, uh, uh, our, our little booth. You know, and an attorney asked, why don't we have engineers here at Crash Tech? So for those of you that don't know, Crash Tech is entirely made up of law enforcement. 
That's that's our core comp because the way that we see it, reconstructionists are expert investigators. Right. That's what reconstructionists are. Not somebody that's just been to recon school. Right. Okay. You need to look at their background. A reconstructionist to me is a police officer. Police officers are reconstructionists. That's Absolutely. where they come from. Everybody else are just subsets of people that have gone to an 80 hour class and got a re and, and got a reconstruct. My wife could go get her reconstruction certificate. Right. That does not make her a reconstructionist. I'm sorry if that hurts people's opinions or feelings. Okay. It is what it is. It is what it is. Be proud of what you've done. Right. Be proud of it. Nobody's taking away from anything that any other expert out here has done. Be proud of what you have done, your accomplishments and who you are. Be proud of that. But I don't want to hire an engineer because that's just not, we're not an engineering firm. Right. I know what engineering firms to reach out to when we need an engineer. Right. So I don't need to hire one. I have those relationships. You know what I mean? And, And there are cases where you need an engineer. There are cases when you need a tire expert. There are cases when you need a signage expert. There's cases when you need a human factors expert. Mm -hmm. And boy, do we know some human factors experts that we could reach out to. Yeah. I would never try and tackle that. You know, and even, you know, the list goes on and on medical. I mean, yeah, right. Could you imagine? I mean, like, could you imagine trying to opine on what actually caused a bone injury and stuff like that? Or like, oh, my God. So why in the world are we out here trying to opine on now again, can you do some of the easier stuff? Like, could you, could you say that somebody's reaction to like the way they reacted to something either fits what the, what, what data shows an average person would do? Yeah, you could. Right. But if somebody actually needed, if somebody was like, I want to know what their actual perception of this event was the way their eyes worked, the way that it told their brain to work and what they did it. We want a complete analysis of that. Nope. I'm calling a human factors expert. I'm calling somebody with a PhD after their name. Right. Yep. And and we're going to get them involved. Absolutely. You know, and that's why, you know, I'm glad to see attorneys, you know, we put a lot of information out over the last year or so year plus and, and, you know, not everything, our ideas are going to work for every, every attorney or, or, or uh, every expert out there, obviously. But the fact that some people are taking, you know, some of this information and then analyzing how it fits into their business model um, is great. You know, and I'm great to, I'm, I'm grateful to see that, that it's working for them and I hope it continues to work for them. Um, because once you get that, that positive swing, then you can start tweaking to make, you know, bigger impacts in your, in your business for a long-term objective. Um, you know, and, and I'd love to hear back for some, from some experts that have maybe, or were new to the game or yeah. maybe have been around for a little while and thought, you know, Oh yeah. You don't, you don't get our, you don't get our email from this podcast. Just I do. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. So it's, it's good to hear that. And, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I hope people continue to get some value out of it and, and keep trying, you know, you know, as well as I do, you know, you, you, you own your business, you own a number of business over the years and it, it doesn't, you, you em, em, employ one change and, and you get a positive effect. You just stop. It's constantly, right. you know, adding more change and seeing what the ne- positive and negative outcome is going to be. And, and that's just how it is. I mean, unfortunately, whether it's business or it's just life, yep. that's how it is. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad to hear that. And, and it's nice to see that feedback from people. 
You yep. Know? You know, and it's, and, and guys, I'm telling you, it is, you know, they, they constantly preach it for anybody here that watches shark tank. And if you're an entrepreneur not watching shark tank, you, you've got some issues um, because they give you what's that. It is a good show. You know what, though, but, what they're saying, they're giving you some really good information. Well, and the questions they ask, mm-hmm. like, you know, about some of your numbers and knowing your metrics and stuff like that. Like, I mean, we used to just fly by the seat of our pants and, and since yeah. like in the last couple of years, I've become militant of knowing our numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can tell you to the penny of what it costs to acquire clients of where we allocate our funds and money, like all this stuff, you know, and, and, that's because I just listening to the questions that they ask. And I'm like, well, why do they care so much about it? Well, guys, it makes a difference. But you know, the one thing that like that, that Mark Cuban and all these guys always talk about is know that core competency and, and the controversial figure that I want to talk about, love him or hate him. I don't care. Okay. I'm not, this is not a support thing, but look at like Donald Trump. Okay. Look at Donald Trump. A lot of people in the news media were like, Oh, well, Trump sold his airline you know, and stuff like that. And it didn't work out. No, he sold his casino and he, Oh, he sold this and he sold that. And that's because you had a guy again, love or hate him. I don't care, but you had a guy that knew his core competency and was cutting out stuff that didn't align with the core competency. He tried it, figured out it didn't work and got rid of it. You know, companies do that. You know, again, I go back to, if I wanted to open a pizza stand, and I'm like, hey, you know what? We're going to sell Crash Tech pizzas, which personally I think would be bomb. I think I think we could make a good pizza, you know, and, uh, you know, and so I'm like, listen, Phil, we're going to we're going to open a pizza stand. I'm going to sell pizzas on Fridays from from 11 to one o'clock uh, out on the street corner out here to the business class. Right. So uh, after like two weeks, I figure out it doesn't work and I sell the company off to somebody else because I'm like, oh, it doesn't really align with what Crash Tech does. <laughs> so, so that's my challenge for you guys. All right. Is figure out that core competency and become the best at it. Mm-hmm. Become the best at what you do a- instead of trying to be everything to everyone, because you'll never be great. You'll be good. And this is my, I guess my thought is stop letting the dollar determine who you are going to be in the future. If you're yeah. going to let the dollar dictate you and your mission, you've already failed. Yeah. Because if you do now, I will tell you, this is the biggest line of crap uh, that anyone has ever been fed. Cause they're like, do what you love and the money will come. No, 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 no. That's not true. That's not true. Just because you do what you love. All right. My daughters love playing on their cell phones. They ain't making a dime from that. <laughs> So they are doing what they love. Trust me on that. All right. And they're not making a dime from it. Um, I love being a dad. That does not make me money. <laughs> you know, that cost no. me a fortune. Um, <laughs> yeah. But become the best at what you love and the money will come. Yeah. That's the secret. That's what the should secret. be dry. What should be driving you as an individual in, in, in a, you know, especially if you're going to be in the, uh, field of expertise or a specialized field, I should say, is being the best in that field, mm-hmm. knowing as much about that field as you can, um, constantly being open-minded to learn new things from other experts within the same field. Yep. Just, you know, you may know 99%, but if somebody else knows that 1%, it just gets you a little bit closer to a hundred. Um, but 
I've seen too many people, and, and Eric, you you and I, I think, could agree maybe on this, that money drives a lot of decisions. It does. Where, where that becomes the focus of how do we make more money? How do we make more money? We, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. And, and, and that's such a dangerous task you know, yeah. or mission to to embark on because it's, it's just set up for failure. And if yep. you don't see the failure immediately, you're in trouble. Yeah, in I trouble. agree. Yeah. You know, and, and case in point, we're going to go back. I'm going to give you guys one more example just because I'm, I'm doing this for my daughter. So Piper, my 10 year old, loves Gordon Ramsay, everything about him, which is so weird because so Piper, if anybody that knows my daughter, she has really bad anxiety. Uh, if you even raise your voice to her, she instantly starts crying and goes to hide in her room. Right. I mean, she just, she can't take yelling and, and just, uh, it, it drives her anxiety up the walls. Um, but, uh, she loves Gordon Ramsay. (laughs) (laughs) Loves Hell's Kitchen, loves, uh, Kitchen Nightmares, all of his shows, loves them, loves them. So, um, but you know, is, is Gordon Ramsay qualified, eminently qualified to bake a cake? Probably, probably could bake a cake, right? I mean, the guy can grill, he can, he can make entrees, all this stuff, right? But in his restaurants, if you've ever been to a Gordon Ramsay restaurant, guess who he has making desserts? Pastry chefs. Yeah. Right? So again, it goes back to, but now does he know the quality control? Does he know who to reach out to, how to source the ingredients, how to do all this stuff? Yes, he does that. And then he brings on a pastry chef to bolster his food production to make it just that much better. And guys, that's what we're telling you to do with these cases, right? Get your reconstructionists involved because the investigation has to come first. Well, and this is my, my two cents at the end of our normal show, but I'm just going to throw it out there now. I was already giving my, I was given mine. uh, I was given like 35 cents. Um, but that's okay. Go ahead and interrupt. Go ahead and interrupt. <laughs> I'm just going to make mine very simple. You said it best. Be proud of who you are. Yeah. I think be prouder of who you're not. Oh man, that was that. I think you just read that on a fortune cookie <laughs> because that will drive you to seek out the person who is, or the, the company or the team that is your final ingredient to your perfect cake dang yeah that's good yeah yeah you know so there there you got it folks uh that's it for today's show um of you know listen know your core competency go after it if you're an attorney right make sure that you're you're going to the right place reach out to your reconstructionist to get the investigation going and vet that reconstructionist and ask them Tell me about your network. What are some of the other companies that you use for some of these specialized areas? And if they're like, oh, we just do it all in-house, I would be a little nervous. Yeah. I would be a little nervous. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the day, guys. As always, if you have a case that you want us to review for free or you just want to connect with us, jump on over to CrashTechReconstruction.com. Also, remember to follow us on Facebook at Crash Tech, the Expert Angle Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our show and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Crash Tech Reconstruction Services. And finally, remember to always leave your accident victims better off than you found them because at the end of the day, everything we do is for that.